We are moving now. Uh, this is the last installment of our series entitled Building 2018. Uh, this is the final part of that series that we're doing today. And, uh, and for the entirety of this month, we have focused on who we are and what God has specifically called us being Foundation Church to do. So we've talked a whole lot about um, our vision, our mission, and we're going to capitalize on that here in a few moments. But although we walk by faith, although by faith, I should say, that we are raising money to build our own facility, uh, we've said before, we want to say again, it's not about brick and mortar so much as it is about changing lives. What we're building here at Foundation Church is about changing lives. And for the duration of the year, all of our series will be specifically about really who we are and the kind of people uh, that God has called us to be and what we are building as a church. And so my prayer is that hopefully that uh, you have been all you've all been excited and encouraged uh, to just in a very fresh way understand our vision and our mission. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment again, as we have stated uh, throughout all of this series. But our mission and vision is a very, very biblical one. Our mission and vision in Foundation Church is not based upon uh, some human opinion. It's not based upon a social justice or some political agenda. Our vision and our mission here is based on the Word of God. The Word of God, obviously for us and should be for any church, the foundation of a church. And it is something that we take very, very seriously here and that is our understanding the word of God and how it applies in our life. But how many know that having a knowledge and understanding of vision is important, but what's more important is how to execute it. And so uh, we've talked a whole lot about our vision and our mission this month, and, but uh, today I'm gonna focus on what we're gonna do in 2018 to make an impact, and how you can get involved in that process. And, and uh, because I really believe that embedded deep within all of our souls is this great desire to, to make an impact. We all want a sense of how we can help, how we can make things better, how we can make an impact in somebody's life. And that's what we'll be talking about today. And so, so we want to talk about that. And so before I jump right into that, I want to kind of restate our vision, our mission. I've been doing this uh, every uh, Sunday this month, and I want to restate it again today. This is just a very, very brief summary. And then we'll kind of talk about what we're going to need from each and every one of you in order to fulfill that. And then thirdly, we will get into the execution, what it is that we will be doing in 2018 that will position our church uh, to impact our community in a significant way. Week one, we did cover uh, our vision and our mission. We said that our vision is to establish the believer, the Christian, on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. In other words, we're not tr uh, trying to establish believers on foundations that are based on humanism. We're not trying to establish believers on Buddhism or Islam or all the various other characters and religions out there. But we are establishing or we're called to establish the believer on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We are a Jesus Christ church, and we, are, we don't apologize for that. Can the church say amen? Uh, we love Jesus here, and so our, our vision is to establish the believer on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We indicated that the most important aspect to any building is the foundation. 
When the foundation is not properly laid, then the whole building is compromised. So we understand as Christians, there is a proper foundation and that we have a conviction here at our church. And it is the reason why we believe God has called Foundation Church into existence. We have a conviction that there is a large percentage of those, whether inside the church or outside the church, whose faith is built on a faulty foundation. We believe that many Christians uh, in some ways have been misguided, misdirected, and don't fully really understand the full measure of what it means to be a believer. What does it really mean to be a Christian? What does that look like? Does that, does that mean that I'm kind of different, I'm a freak of nature, that I don't socialize, that I don't talk? Of course not. But what does it mean? Because we understand that if you, we, we said this, but if you poll a great deal of people today in our country, that we, in a, a poll after poll, it says over 90% of people in our country say that they are a Christian. But yet when we see the practicality of it and what it looks like, there's a contradiction in terms of what the Bible says and how we see people living. And so we believe that God has called us to help believers to understand the full measure of what it means to be a believer. And so we want to establish believers on that firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, we also said we highlighted our mission. Everybody say mission. Mission is to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple. That's our mission in our church, to train and equip believers to be a mature disciple. You cannot grow up in the things of God. You cannot mature as a Christian unless you have been exposed to some training and equipping, just like anything else. If you're going to take a new job, you've never done that job before, how many know that the first thing they're going to do is they're going to set you down and they're going to train you. They're going to give you the ins and outs of how the company works, how it functions. They're going to train you on their values. They're going to train you on all those things. Why? Because they want you to function in a certain way. It's the same thing as it relates to Christianity. Our mission is to train and equip the believer to mature. In other words, we have a deep belief and a conviction that, that you're not supposed to just get saved and not grow. There are too many believers out there that are saved and saved for a significant a moment, uh, amount of time, but they know very little about who they are and know very little about their faith. We want to close that gap. We want to educate you on who you are, and we want you to grow. How many know that God expects us to grow? Anything, let me tell you right now, if, if, a, if a child is a baby, and a child stays a baby after 15 years, we'll be trying to take this kid to every doctor, everything imaginable, every place. We'll be trying to figure out what in the world is wrong. Because how many know that we're supposed to grow by nature? God wants us to grow. So we want you to grow. We want you to understand what it really means. And we define spiritual maturity as not just how long you've been saved, but whether or not the Bible is transforming your life. Whether, in other words, whether or not you're being, as a consequence of being a Christian, uh, being conformed to the image of Christ. So we have determined that, that the full measure of maturity is measured by uh, how a person is being impacted by this book. How their lives are being transformed through Christ. Week two, we discuss the importance of having unity around our vision and mission. So if you believe that that to establish a believer on the foundation of Jesus Christ and to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple. If you believe those things to be biblically accurate, if you believe those things to be true, then, then we are called to be uh, unified around that as a people. 
So in other words, that we need, how many know that God blesses a unified church? Let me say that again. God blesses a unified church. God doesn't bless any mess. He blesses churches and people that are functioning in one accord. It is, it is something that gets the attention of heaven when the people of God come into, vision, uh, come into unity around one common goal where we're not fighting, uh, we're not in opposition against each other, we're not coming in with so many different agendas, but we're fully embracing one agenda that will push us all in the same direction for the glory of God. We said and we indicated uh, throughout this uh, month that anything that is based in confusion is not of God. That we understand that Satan's goal, that, that, and we talked about this, how that uh, uh, last week we, we referred to a verse last week where we talked about how that when the word of God is being planted, uh, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a man who is taking some seed and he's planting it. And then some enemy came uh, at night and sowed tares. And so what we understand is that while we are at the, while we are busy doing God's work, sowing seed and believing God for people and helping people uh, to get delivered from drugs and from from sex addiction and, and alcohol abuse and and uh, depression and all of these different things, while we're trying to get people to understand that Jesus is salvation, Jesus is life, right on the backside of that, there's a devil that is trying to keep people in darkness. You want to keep people in darkness so that they cannot be exposed to the light of the truth. The very thing that will help people to set them free. How many know that Jesus will set you free? He and he alone will set you free. But yet the enemy works overtime to tell you you need everything but Jesus. That's what the enemy does. So those of us who've been... Uh, walking with the Lord, who have been exposed to the reality and the truth of the gospel, understand that Jesus is the light of the world and that he is salvation, that Jesus is deliverance. This is who we, he is and this is who we preach. We talked last week about the fact that we're going to have opposition as we're trying to build. We're fighting against spiritual forces of darkness, as I just said a moment ago. And these forces of darkness are committed to our demise. They're committed to our demise. And as Nehemiah, who was a man who had been tasked with the responsibility or burden, if you will, got a call by God to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in his day because the walls had been torn down. That immediately once he got there to rebuild the wall and that, that he met some fierce opposition. But Nehemiah was very wise and very great leader because he mobilized the people. He kept them focused on what God had called them to do. And, and they was able, with a small amount of people, to finish the wall around Jerusalem. They built it in 52 days. They did it because, listen, because they were unified, they stayed together, and they covered each other's back. In other words, we understand that, that when Nehemiah was trying to build, that there was so much opposition uh, that, that, that some of them had to hold swords while some of them were driving a hammer. But in other words, church, even in amidst all that opposition, they still overcame. As a church, as what we're trying to build in our community, what God has called us to do, we're going to face opposition. But how many know we got to fight for it? Everybody say fight. Anything that is good in life, let me tell you something. Anything that is worthy in life, that, 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 that you're really going to have to fight for it. 
And the Bible talks about how the kingdom of God suffer violence and the violence take it by force. That is just a reference really to explain the, the, the opposition that the kingdom of God is going to face. Because Satan does not want you free. He does not want you to hear the truth of this gospel because he has another agenda. And that agenda is to lead you into eternal damnation. But, but Jesus came to give us life. Everybody say life. This is the message of who we are and what Jesus has called us to be. It's who we are as believers. It's who we are as Christians. It's our final destination is with Christ forever. So we talked about there. I just gave you a rehash of our vision and our mission. Now I want to talk about the keys to fulfilling this assignment as a people. What am I going to need? What are we going to need to be able to do in order to fulfill what God has called us to do? First of all, we're going to need perseverance. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, this is a great verse. It says, let us not grow weary or get tired or give up while doing good. For in due season, everybody say due season. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I get that. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good. I believe, and I hope you believe too, that training and equipping the believer to be a mature disciple Establish believers, establishing believers on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. How many of you would agree that that's a good work? How many of you would agree that's biblical? That's right. It's biblical. It's a good work. So the Bible says, watch this, that let us not get weary in doing this. Let us persevere. Let us keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't, don't throw in a towel. God promises that in due season, we'll reap if we don't faint. In other words, our church will make the kind of impact that God is calling us to make as long as we stay consistent at what God is calling us to do. Two, we're going to need, secondly, we're going to need everybody to do their part. Ephesians verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16, it says, from whom the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. According to the effect of working by every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amazing thing about the church and the body of Christ is that God called us to work together with like-minded believers. And if we're going to accomplish what God has called Foundation Church to accomplish in 2018, then we're going to need everybody doing their part. Uh, we, 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 we don't want any bench warmers at Foundation Church. Amen. Uh, we want everybody to get in the game. If you're one of those, how many of you parents, your kids play in sports? You had kids play in sports, the kids or grandkids or whatever. How many of you love seeing your kids ride the pine? Let me see a show of hands. And anybody look? No, nobody. You want to, if you're a parent and your kid is participating in any activity, you want to see your kid on the field. Amen. You want to see them in the game. You want to see them because you're paying money, you're spending time, you're doing all that. You want them in the game. Let me know that God wants all of us in the game. And if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish in 2018, we need everybody to do their part. Everybody has a role. Everybody is significant. Look at your neighbor and say, you are significant. Come on, look at them and tell them you are significant. Look at them again and say, and you have something to offer. Tell them again. Say, you have something to offer. So we need everybody involved. We need everybody. We don't need people sitting back saying, well, I just, who's going to do that or who's going to do that? I'm not going to, you know, we need everybody. We need everybody to jump in and say, you know what?
Pastor, what can I do? How can I help? What do we need? How can I help advance the ball further down the road? Because in so doing that, you will find that you would be blessed. When you are serving God and giving your life to the service of the things that are important to him, then the boomerang effect is God will bless you. How many of you can stand to be blessed? Amen. God will bless you. And so we need everybody doing their part. Thirdly, uh, we must have everybody committed to financially supporting the work that God has called us to do. We talked about that, so I'm not going to belabor that point. But it's important that we sow financially into God's work. We cannot do uh, reach our community. We cannot make an impact unless everybody uh, commit to giving. And we like to say at least tithing. This is what we believe at Foundation Church. And uh, we have it so now that even if you're not here, that you can text give. We believe that uh, probably a very high percent of our church now actually text give. Uh, the society is moving faster toward a cashless society. So uh, even if you're not here, if you have to be out for any reason, uh, you can still support our church uh, financially. What that's going to do for us is going to allow us to be uh, effective in our community in terms of uh, feeding the poor, uh, in terms of preaching the gospel, in, in terms of uh, sharing and training and equipping and making an impact in our community. So we want to make sure that we are committed to financially supporting the work that God has called us to do. Uh, number four, we want everybody to focus on what's ahead. Focus on what's ahead. This is important. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Paul says, here's one thing I do. Paul had made some mistakes in his life. He had done some things that he wasn't proud about. And all of us have been there. All of us have made some mistakes in life. We've made some decisions. We've all made choices that we weren't necessarily proud about. But we knew that if we're going to move ahead in life, that we got to put it behind us. Paul had made some decisions in life. He wasn't too particularly happy about it. But he says, but the one thing that I do, here's what he says. He says, he says, uh, he says I forget those things which are behind me and I reach forward to the things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of Christ Jesus, my Lord. So what we need to do as a people is we need to think ahead. Um, you know, because we can't get forward. We can't move forward if we're too busy looking back. You know, this year we've had, at the beginning of last year, actually, we had several uh, key families leave our church and seemed like a lot of them left around the same time, relocated, moved, whatever. Uh, and, um, and, you know, it's so easy to sit back and say, oh, well, you know, and, and just keep thinking about that and thinking about that. And, you know, but what we need to do is we need to think ahead because how many know that people will come and people will go. It's a fact of life. What we need to do as a people of God, we need to keep looking ahead. We need to keep our focus on what is it that God has called us to do. Why? Because we believe that what God has called us to do is good, is right, is biblical, and he's with us. And as long as we keep walking with God, how many know nothing will be impossible to us? All things are possible to those who believe. So we have to look ahead. Some of you in your life right now, you're struggling in life because you're still stuck in the past. You keep thinking about how it used to be or I remember how it was and how it was was how it was. But how do you know that we got to move forward? Life is designed in a way that the only way you progress is you got to keep looking ahead. You can learn from your past, 
but you got to keep looking ahead. Don't let your past keep you stuck because if you stay stuck, you'll never get what God has for you on the other side. And with that being said, we need to keep looking to Jesus. That's number five. Hebrews 12 verses one and two. It says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, we read this a moment ago, let us lay aside every weight. All right. So let's lay aside every weight. Weight is not necessarily sin, but let's be honest. There are things in our life that are that are hindering us from running the race of being a Christian. There, there, there's just things that are in the way. Maybe just too many activities. Not, not the activities are wrong and, not that, you know, certain activities are wrong, but but sometimes there, there are things in our life that we, we're just doing too much of it and it's blinding our ability to be able to do what's really important in life. And so the Bible says we're surrounded by so great cloud of witness. In other words, there are a lot of people who've gone before us, all right, who paved the way, who was dedicated to the things of God. They walked with God. They were concerned about advancing God's kingdom and his agenda in the earth. And Paul said, I believe Paul wrote this in Hebrews. He said, let us lay aside every weight. What is a weight in your life? What things will keep you from serving God the way that you should? If you're not serving God in the way that you should and you know it in your heart, you're saying, Pastor, there's some things that I should be doing. I should be uh, more committed spiritually. I, I should be doing uh, uh, certain things. Uh, maybe I should be reading my Bible more. Maybe I should be praying more. I should be more dedicated. Maybe I should go to church, more. whatever it might be. What is it that is stopping you from doing that? Because here's the thing. It's never going to change until you change it. It's never going to change until you make a decision and say, you know what? This is holding me down. If you ever saw, if you ever gone to uh, any kind of a track meet or you, you watch folks that run, whether it's sprinting, long distance, whatever it is, that they typically like to take, they like to run light. They, they have on some really, really short shorts and tank top. In other words, they don't want anything holding them back. Church, we don't want anything holding us back. The work that God has called us to do, the people that God has called us to reach, we don't want anything to get in the way of that. Nothing is more important in life than fulfilling the mission and the agenda that God has given us as his people. It says now, let us lay aside every weight and sin, sin which so easily ensnares us. So sometimes sin obviously has the capacity to slow us down. It says lay it aside and then watch this. Now like he says on verse number two, looking unto Jesus. This is how we're going to fulfill what God has called us to do. We got to look under Jesus. You got to look under Jesus. You can't listen. Don't put your hope and all your hope in people. How many know that people will let you down? Uh, you know why people will let you down? Because you're one of them and you've let people down. I've let people down. We've all let people down. You have to keep looking unto Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. So he's the one that tracks our course. Jesus, he is the one that decides who we are. He decides our longevity. He, he's the author. He's the finisher. It is him. So our focus needs to always be on him. So in this year, we need everybody to not stop looking behind, not focus on what's behind, but we need everybody looking under Jesus, asking the question, Lord, if you haven't done that yet, Lord, what is it that you want me to do in 2018? Jesus, how can I be more effective in serving you? God, how can I make a difference? You left me on this planet, not just to 
enjoyed the pleasures of life, but you left me on this planet to make an impact and to make a difference. If you haven't asked that question, then you need to. You need to ask that question going into 20, we're already in 2018. Believe it or not, January is almost, it ends what, this week? It's already starting to go fast. And so we need to look under Jesus. Ask Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let, let's, not, let's get away from just making decisions without talking to God and then talking to God after we made a decision. How many know that we need, we need to talk to God way before we do anything, particularly as it relates to something significant? We want to talk to God. We want to ask God. We want to give him a chance to weigh in on this situation. We would all be wiser if we did that. And so, so that's what we're going to need from everybody. And then lastly, we need everybody. We need to pray. We need to pray a lot. As we're going to be busy this year, um, this will be the year where Foundation Church go mobile. This will be Mobile Foundation Church. This will be Foundation Church if you've never seen Foundation Church before. We're going to make a difference as like we have never done before. And here's the wonderful part. You, everybody in this room have an opportunity to participate and to get involved in that and make a difference. It's exciting to participate in what God is doing. But we got to pray. We got to pray a lot. When I say pray, I mean we don't want to do anything without talking to God. Pray about it. God I don't care what assignment, what community activity we're doing. Every single thing, every service we do, we want to talk to God. Lord, help us because how many know that this is a supernatural work? It's a supernatural work. So it's going to take a, a supernatural power to get it done. So we don't want to give the perception that we're doing anything in our own strength. But we want to do all that we do. Uh, uh, relying and trusting in God. So what prayer does is prayer is a symbol. The more you pray, the more it illustrates how much you're dependent on God. Vice versa, the less you pray shows how less you are dependent on God. So here's the question. How is your prayer life? How much do you pray? Not just when we have corporate, we know, when, we know who shows up when we have corporate prayer, but, but how much do you pray in your personal life? Because it's an indication of where your trust really is. Pray a lot. So what we're going to need. So last, so this is the last part and then we're done. So how, we, how will we do it in 2018? What, we're, what are we going to need in 2018? Uh, what are we, I'm sorry. What are we going to do in 2018 uh, to make an impact? This is sort of our strategy, our vision. There's some things that are, um, this is sort of an in-house message today. But, uh, but it's something that is, is relevant because it has a capacity to affect, affect us all and change all of our lives. Um, so what is our strategy in 2018? How will we do it? And I just got a few things here. Uh, uh, matter of fact, this is, this is uh, uh, the, uh, the third, I guess I want to say, uh, a little bit more than half of, of, of my sermon. So I'm going to have everybody stand up for a second. Just come on, just stand up. All right, everybody stand up for a second. Okay, so we're going to do this. So everybody just kind of raise your hands a little bit. Come on, just lift your hands. All right, all right, come on. Come on, just kind of stretch a little bit. Come on, get those kinks out. Yeah, come on, there, there you go. In Jesus' name, come on, yeah, there you go. All right, come on, shake the cobwebs out of your head a little bit. Come on, come on, we're doing a little bit of, you didn't think he was coming to church to exercise, but come on, come on, let's do a little bit of jumping jacks. Come on, come on, let's jump a little bit. Come on, come on, just get loose, come on. There you go, get loose. All right, all right, now you can sit down. Now, I had you to do that. Because this is the most important part, and I want you alert, okay? I want you alert, full alert. So number one, here's how we're going to do it in 2018. How are we going to advance our cause and the mission and vision that God's called us 
uh, to do in 2018. Number one, now hear this. So we're going to hand out an invite. We're going to hand out invite and information cards everywhere we go. Let me explain how we're going to do that because before you jumped into conclusions, there's a little bit of a twist to it. All right. So these information cards about our church or visitation cards, they would include obviously our name of our church, our address, phone number in particular, in, in particular, also our website, uh, our website. Um, we're going to, so whether you know a neighbor, uh, a friend, uh, we're going to look at these cars as planting seed. So there are some folks, for example, say, well, pastor, we was talking about this the other day, because some of us, we, we work a lot. We have a really, really busy day, right? And, and, and so we don't have a whole lot of time. But, but I'm sure that everybody can have time that as you go, that you can drop an information card, an invite card, uh, wherever you go. You can put them on a windshield. Uh, you can give it to a person in hand. Say, hey, we want to invite you to our church. Um, community boards, windshields large events, we're going to have these cards and we want everybody to spread them out, to hand them out. Now, watch this. Now, here's what we're asking for every adult to do. Everybody say adult. Come on, come on, preach with me. Everybody say adult. All right. Now, parents, you be discerning about your kids because we don't want to waste anything. So here's what I'm asking. So that we're going to have, and hopefully we'll be able to do this in, in quick order, but we're going to give, ask every adult, we're going to give you 500 cards. And for 500 cards, now, these are seeds, and you cannot waste not one of them. In fact, that will be the goal. You cannot waste one of those cards because, because they're seed. We're going to pray over these cards. We're going to believe God. Now, so watch this. So for the first six months, you got 500 cards, and you got six months. Everybody say six months. You got six months to hand out 500 cards. You can do it. Like I said, you can give it to a person. With pastor, I haven't seen nobody. Put it on the community board. Put it on somebody's windshield. Give it to your neighbor. Give it to your friend. Then you got, so you got six months. And then after June, we're going to give you another 500 cards because we're going to believe that God's going to send more people. Our church is going to grow. And we're going to give you another 500. So, and we want you to hand those out for another six months. And watch this. And we did the numbers. So the goal is that somewhere around, we want to have passed out minimal about 14,000 invite or touches. Those cards for the whole year. So basically, it comes out to per adult, per adult about 1,000 invitation invite cards for the whole year. And we're asking everybody to do that. And, uh, and we think it's pretty easy to do. And so that's how we're going to. So we're going to do that. That's one of the things that we're going to do. So we'll have those for you and uh, we'll have them for you one Sunday. Hope really, really soon. I have to talk to somebody to get that done. But hopefully we'll have that uh, within the next uh, couple of weeks and we can have those available for you. And then you will plant those. Those will be seeds that we'll be planting. Secondly, we're going to send out letters to our local officials and leaders in our community. In other words, we're going to on an open letterhead. Here's what the, 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 the catch of the letter would be. The, le the letter will be about this. Simply put, here's what the letter, the tone of the letter would be, how can we help you? How can we help? Who are we going to send these letters to? We're going to send letters to the sheriff's office. We're going to send letters to school counselors, social services. There's a couple of churches that, that we're going to partner with this year. And what are we going to do? We're going to ask them simply this. How can we help? Simple question. We are a church. 
We feel that God has called us to be a blessing in our community. We want to serve. We want to bless people. We want to help people. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to send out letters. So we won't have to be guessing at it. But, but you know, we're going to be looking for feedback. And, uh, and then we'll make decisions on, in terms of what we're going to be doing and how we're going to do it throughout the year as we get feedback from those, uh, from those folks in our community. Third, uh, we're going to uh, impact our community by some monthly uh, service, a strategic, and it's going to be strategic. Uh, so I mean by monthly service, in other words, our staff is kind of meeting now. We're actually uh, talking about ways and things that we will be doing, ways that we will be uh, reaching out to our community this year. And we want to do it on a monthly basis. So what we're going to do is we're going to put our men's and women's ministry uh, we're going to move that to more of a quarterly meeting because we want folks to use that time to just get involved and serve our community in whatever capacity we, we can do that. And so we're going to take one Saturday out of the month. So all we're asking, folks, one Saturday out of the month, and we're going to be a blessing to our community. We're going to get out there. We're going to serve. We're going to engage. We're going to meet people. We're going to make an impact. We're going to help people. Just like, uh, you know, a few, few weeks ago, uh, many of us, just like when you went out to the homeless shelter, and we fed the hungry. Uh, many of you came to me. You said, Pastor, that was great. We're going to be doing things like that all year in, in various ways. And it's something that's going to impact us. It's going to impact you. And we're going to require for every one of those events that all of us wear our foundation T-shirt, our foundation church T-shirt. So if you don't have a foundation T-shirt, Diva, raise your hand. See Diva. The T-shirts that I think are $10 or under that. But, but we get for every... Every event we do, we want you to put on your Foundation Church t-shirt because we want people to know who we are. We're not asking anything in return. We're just going to be a blessing to people, church. We just want to get out there. We want to bless people. We want to show them the love of Christ through our service. Number four, and we're almost done. Number four, we're going to recruit volunteers outside the church to help with community service and events. Some of you may be saying, well, Pastor, we got to do it. Where are we going to get people? I get good question. So one of the things that sometimes, and I, I know this for a fact, sometimes is when you invite people to your church, if, they don't, if the, the person you're inviting, they don't come to church, sometimes it's a little bit intimidating for people to just come to your church who, you know, who don't come. And sometimes some of us are a little bit uncomfortable. Some of us got friends that we know that we've never invited to church for whatever reason, maybe because you just, you, you, you personalize it, you, you know, uncomfortable with it, whatever. But here's what I do know. That if you're going to do a, if you're going to do an event, let's say that you're going to be a blessing, you're going to serve the youth, or you're going to uh, uh, serve or do some kind of a project uh, that will help homeless people or uh, 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 unwedded mothers or uh, mothers that, that have kids and they don't have anybody, no, no support, no father. If we're going to be a blessing to people like that, you know, it's much easier to ask a friend, a neighbor, somebody that you know. Hey, you know what? Our church, we're going over here to this uh, pregnancy center and we're going to help some people. And was wondering if you would like to come with us. It could be your family. It could be your friends. It could be your neighbor. They could be people who go to church who already have a church. Doesn't matter. We're just going to ask them, hey, you know, can you come and help us? I guarantee you for every good community event that we do, if we ask a family, a friend, and we just say to them, because you're not necessarily inviting them to church. You're just saying, hey, we're going to go do this and we're going to serve. Do you want to come out and help? I'm willing to bet you that you have more people respond to that, probably even more than people will respond, will respond to coming to a church invite. 
because they are because, again, I really do believe that there's a, a good number of people out there who still feel the need to want to, to want to help other people and to be an encouragement to other people. So so we're going to so we're going to recruit volunteers. That's how we're going to recruit. So for every event that we have as needed. Hey, hey, brother, sister. Hey, John, I know you go to. I know you go to Mount Ararat, for example. You go to Mount Ararat Church, but, you know, our church is doing this event. We're buddies, and we could really use your hand. Could you just kind of come out and help us, you know? And, you know, if we do that, church, I believe that that would be another way. Because here's what I understand. Here's what I, why I say this. Because I believe that people are, are, are attracted to organizations and churches that are making a difference. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You're attracted to that. You're not attracted to people who are just having a church service. You are attracted to a church that is making an impact in the community. That's what church is. How many know that Jesus did 99% of his ministry in the street? You read the Gospels, he didn't hang out in the synagogues a whole lot. He was always out and about. Church, we need to follow his methodology. We need to be out and about. We'll have our Sunday service, but it's not just about the Sunday service. It's about being a blessing to people. And as we be a blessing to people, we believe that God will open the door for people to get to know Jesus in a much more intimate and uh, personal way, which is all of our desire. We want to see that happen. So that's what we're going to do with that. Um, and then we're going to, number five, we're going to, through social media forums, forums, and I mean F-O-R-U-M-S, that means Facebook, YouTube, website, whatever. We're going to blast to the community how we're changing lives and making a difference. We're going to let people know what we're doing. Not so that we can brag, but, so, but Jesus said this. Let men so see your good works, watch this church, and glorify your father who is in heaven. So we want, we want people to see, we want people to know. So we're going to blast it out there. We're going to send it out. We're going to uh, use our Facebook. I want you to take pictures. I want you to post them on your own Facebook page. How many have Facebook pages? Come on, raise your hand. Everybody got Facebook? Instagram. How many of you on Instagram? Oh, come on. Instagram, Facebook. How many of you on Twitter? Twitter. Twitter. Uh, the new thing now, what's the new thing? The kids, I heard kids say that Facebook is for old people. Is that true? Is, is Facebook really for old people? Is that true? I heard somebody say that. I'm like, no. But, but, but so when you get out there and you be a blessing to somebody, you're going to feel so good in your soul because you're going to go home, man, and you're going to help. You're going to feel, you're going to go home. You're like, man, I helped somebody that was struggling today. I helped some, some lady who was depressed, somebody who was on the verge of suicide. I was a blessing. You know, I helped somebody who was hungry, who didn't know they were, how they were going to get their next meal. And you're going to feel so much more resilient. Uh, you're going to feel so much more uh, useful, happy, because you, it's more blessed to give than to what? You follow me? It's more blessed to give. We're going to be a blessing church. We're going to bless the socks off of folks. Okay. And, and then uh, the last one, and we're done. Last one, we're going to enforce and execute our vision and mission through our new discipleship mentor program. Everybody say new. All right, so here's how our discipleship mentor program is going to work. For every person that comes into our church, stands up here, and gives their life to Jesus, every person, then they will be assigned a discipler. So I'll be talking to some of you out there. So you're going to be a discipler. So you who have been trained, you've been walking with the Lord for a long time. In particular, I wanted to grab it. Um, do me a favor. Alan, can you do me a favor and grab me the purple book? In, on the little book stand out there, 
There's a purple book. It says purple book on it. And it's purple. So what we're going to do is that we're going to, for every person to come in this church to give their life to Christ, we're not going to just pray with them and, uh, come on, run, because I'm, I'm, I'm going over. Run, 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 run. Come on. Oh, easy, because I know you hurt your feet. Be careful. I don't want you to get in trouble. Okay, so, so for every person, we're not going to now just kind of hope that people, uh, when they get saved here, we're not going to just hope they come back. You know, hope. No, we are going to assign them a discipler. That discipler will be responsible to take that person through the purple book. Now, you can do that however you want to do it. You want to meet with the person on a regular basis. Y'all can talk about it on the phone. Y'all can talk about it during the week. You can meet on a Sunday. You can meet in a coffee shop. But you're going to disciple. So nope, every person to give their life to Jesus, they are going to get trained and equipped. This purple book is amazing because it goes over all the foundations of the faith. Everything you need to know about Christianity is right here in this book. And watch this. So we want to develop a schedule. I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it. I'm going to develop, develop a schedule. And the schedule, so every Sunday, there will be somebody, there will be a discipler on call. The discipler on call will be that week, if anybody gives their life to Christ, you will be assigned. So we're going to assign women to women and men to men. And if you happen to get two or three, then that's great. Then you can form your own little small group. You can just meet with them on one day during the week. Hey, and you go through the purple book. And, but, but, but the whole point of that is we don't want people to wing it no more. We're going to set a system in place that we make sure that we, now if people don't want to do it, then you can't make them. But at least we're, we're going to come after them. Amen. And we're going to say, hey, look, you just got saved. Uh, can I meet with you next week? Because I got this little book here and, and we're going to show you, look at this. Sin and salvation. You're going to learn what that is. Repentance and baptism. What is the Holy Spirit? How, what is spiritual hunger in God's word? Discipleship and leadership. What does that mean? Spiritual family, church life, prayer and worship, faith and hope, biblical prosperity, evangelism, world missions, resurrection and the judgment. It covers everything, everything you need to know. So every person is going to go through this. So we're, there won't be one person to come up here and give their life to Jesus will walk out without being assigned somebody that's going to follow them along the way. How many know, church, how many of you believe that's being a good steward of the people that God sent our way? Amen. We want to be good stewards. If y'all if receive that, come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Y'all receive that. So in short, that's what we're going to be doing in 2018. We're going to be a mobile church. We're going to make a difference. We're going to bless people. And God's in turn going to bless us. And the key thing we need to do, church, is remember this. God has given us a mandate. Like Paul told Timothy, let's fulfill our ministry. Our ministry is to be a light in darkness and to preach this gospel and see people lives transformed by the power of God. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.